Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Buckus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Pete Hassan, Matt Amendola, and Matt Buckus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Buckus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome back to Butkus Beyond the Line. Today we are joined by our dads for Father's Day. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. On two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. All right, we got two mostly football guys who's going to attempt to talk some hockey. You ready? <laughs> and it's going to get done right. I'll yep. tell you that. One of the biggest interesting things that I've seen so far is the uh, Tampa Bay Rangers series. First game, 6-2, Rangers out of the gate. What do you think, Matt? Rangers are playing really well. They've always been a traditionally tough team, just not recently. Traditionally, not recently. I know Tampa Bay's been Tampa Bay, it down. Yeah, yeah, they're so going the last couple for of years for sure. They're going for three in a row. I think the Islanders, New York Islanders, did four in a row once, which is Gretzky. pretty incredible. No, that's oh, Edmonton. Oiler. That was Edmonton. We'll get to that soon. You mean they didn't have hockey in Texas when you were growing up? You know, you know. Um, we actually had a farm system that was feeding into the NHL. It was the Houston Arrows. They led the league in fights and not wins, which was always a great show. We love going to the ice rink really just to see the fights, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you've been to Dallas Stars games. I have. I love the I Stars. I mean, you like now, like now you one like thing hockey. About one thing about Dallas is any sports team that's in Dallas, the city gets behind completely. That's awesome. So when they left Minnesota and came to Dallas, the Stars, you know, just the whole city was amped. And we got off to a really good start. We had uh, Madonna. Yeah. And, and Hall. Hall. Right. And those guys, we were blessed for them. But, yeah, I know the city itself just really, they, they love the stars. And those games can be amazing inside the American Airlines Center. It's yeah, one of my we've, favorite places to watch a game. We've actually been to a game there together. We have. And ran into Brett Hall. <laughs> That's right. Remember that? Yep. I don't think he remembers that. <laughs> but um, And the Blackhawks. You know, struggling right now, but they've in the past. They're a good traditional team. Mm-hmm. Many, lo- many Stanley them. Cups. Oh, yeah, Man, it's great hockey. It's hard, incredible hard going there. We've all been to a few games there, and and it's a great atmosphere. What's the best with, game you ever went to? Ooh, when the Blackhawks beat the Kings in overtime. To I think it was either went now no it was uh, obviously to advance right Kings. Blackhawks to advance uh-huh. to the final. Wow. And then Any the, shootouts? And winning. And winning. winning. Well, there's no shootouts in the Stanley Cup. <laughs> right? Uh, it's overtime, dude. It's the best over. I think it's the best overtime sport there is for, for, I, I can't inten- dis- I can't for intensity and, and nerves and stuff like that. I mean, game seven, overtime. I mean, you, you this little puck. It could just be a, an inch game, dude. Yeah. You've seen that before. Sure. What do you think about the Edmonton-Colorado series? Uh, currently, Colorado's, Colorado's up. It's a, they're up 2-0 right now. Yeah, Colorado's tough. Putting up man. points with an 8-8 eight, eight game to 6 goal, routing the first game in a 4-0. That was a football second. score. Yeah. 8-6. to six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take Edmonton. Game three, 
Well, you have to. I, I look at it as if I've always talked to friends that, you know, visit the sports book. We won't, you know, mention any names. But um, I think it's the team that has to win this is my, you know, what you look at. So when you're down 0-2, if you lose game three and you're down 0-3, it's, it's, it's over. It's over. Yep. So there's that's what you have to put Edmonton's in that spot. They're at home. Mm-hmm. So I guarantee, the old guarantee, they the win old, game three. The old guarantee comes back. And then uh, was game two is Tampa. Tampa's a veteran. Mm-hmm. They've won two in a row. Mm-hmm. Playing I probably think. the best hockey I've seen in they bounce the last back. Three, four years. They bounce back and tie it tonight. So who are we going to see in the finals? Ooh, that's a tough one. You'd probably have to leave Avalanche, Colorado, and 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 Tampa Bay. Is Tampa Bay going to make know. a, make a move again? I can't, can't count them out. I'll take an underdog. I'll take the Rangers. There you go. So so Rangers Avalanche. Rangers Avalanche. All right, we'll see. It's just I. It's hard to do three in a row, but they're in it. They took care of Florida. Florida was the one of the best teams all year, but. When it comes to playoff hockey, it's it's a whole different ball game, like any playoff sport. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know the NBA and NBA in particular. You know, obviously, you know football. When it's playoff time, it's a whole different notch. You have to turn up. Mm-hmm. It's a notch or two you need to turn up. They don't call it three seasons for nothing. So, Preseason, season, and postseason, buddy. But but like you were saying, you know, growing up. There was no hockey because there's like no arenas. Houston, Houston really but wasn't was a, like a, a hockey, but a hockey you, town. But you think of the southern states and west coast. There's no, it's not cold. Right. I mean, not that. But now, I mean, you have hockey clubs or they have. There's ice, rink, They there's, have ice rinks. There's and, rinks all over Dallas that know, popped up since when since the Anaheim, stars came in. They probably put up three yeah. or four, literally three or four facilities that they practice at too they'll practice at different ones around right around dallas la won a cup anaheim won a cup it's different well i'm just talking from experience being in california growing up it was like we didn't wrestle mm-hmm. we didn't there was like club sports and hockey wasn't one of them because there was no like rink but now my uh, nephew got what's into hockey the little little guy so we'd go to his games and it was at the king's I think the Kings built a, a practice, practice facility, facility for for kids and stuff like that, so that was kind of fun. It's an expensive hobby, though, for you know, obviously a parent if their mm-hmm. kid wants to play hockey because every year you're traveling. You're, well, you're you changing this. your body's changing, and something doesn't fit. You know, you got to buy a new one, right? Because uh, this one like doesn't fit. Or a new set. So it's a tough game. Well, I but I know a lot of lot of lot of great hockey past hockey players like. You well, know, I, I do Chicago. hope that, you know, Houston has a come up in the hockey world someday. <laughs> maybe there'll be, maybe you'll own a Houston, a Houston NHL team. Hey, well, they can call if it you created a Houston team. NHL team, what would you name it? Name it? Um, let's see. Probably the uh, Houston. The Houston Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> the Houston Hornets is already a basketball team. I don't Hornets. know. I don't know. Renegades. No, they have one of that. You know, commanders. That. What about the icebergs? The icebergs. <laughs> so that was that was interesting. I you know I I like to cover a, a different sports. Obviously, football is my love, but mm-hmm. I love hockey too. Hockey's great. A lot of great. people don't understand. 
you know, you go to games, it's it's way better than watching it on TV, obviously. I so, yep. Well, I hope the Blackhawks do well next year. I'd, hopefully they're better. Yeah, I think they're they going to get be. better. They're going to get better. You know, it was one thing that I remember about the Blackhawks, actually, when they were winning the three cups, my dad was we were making a lot of Chicago trips, and we made a lot of you know we made a lot of games together. Mm-hmm. And they had them drop the puck, and cool. it was pretty cool. So on that note, we have our dads coming on the show. What do we do today. Happy Father's Day, right? To all the fathers out there. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. One eight seven seven Web Now One. Welcome back. We are joined today by my dad, Dick Butkus, and my dad, Willie Amendola. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the show, show dads. dads. It's actually a, a special edition of Father's Day. We did a, uh, if you remember, we did a Mother's Day. We did. So we can't forget the fathers. We thought it was a little uncomfortable for sometimes to talk, whether personal or emotional stuff about your own kin. We decided Matt Amendola is going to ask my dad a few questions, and I'll ask you a couple questions, Willie, if you're okay. I'm okay. I'll start off. How is it uh, being a father of two athletes here, Matt and Danny? Uh, you know, it's a joy. It's always been a pleasure watching them grow up and compete and Matt being the big brother and Danny being the little brother and watch them compete against each other when they were younger and uh, on the football field, the baseball field, basketball court, whatever the case may be. It was always it was always fun. Always. Now, you growing up, were you uh, in different sports or did you gravitate to one sport growing oh, up? About, I mean, I played in Massachusetts, we played, you know, football, basketball, when there wasn't any snow on the ground. When the snow hit, we played hockey and baseball. Nice. And then you're a football coach for over 30 years, I hear. That's what I do. Jeez. That's a, long, that's a long time. Yes, it so, is. And you've been in the, the education athletic directors and all the way through teachers and everything like that, right? Right. About 45 years worth. We just had a guest, Eric Anderson, who who won the award in 1991 out of Michigan, and uh, he's a teacher. It's fun to see ex-winners and, and people go into coaching and, and uh, teaching. I commend you for it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mr. Budkus, I have a question for you. What's a, what's a fond memory of Matt outside of football that made you laugh? I mean, I know you guys are kind of jokesters. What's one thing outside of the game that made uh, people might not know about Matt? Well, you know, when they were growing up, the three kids, we, uh, I had them in a swimming program down there in Florida. And uh, if you know anything about swim meets for mm-hmm. kids, like 8 to 12 years old, in Florida, where it's hotter than hell, and you got to, your kid might race 
his race might be at eight o'clock and then you've got to wait until like one o'clock for his second event and then whatever. So a good, a good indication of his, I don't know, sense of humor or his, his desire. He was in the backstroke event as an eight or nine year old. And we're watching from the side, you know, and as he's going by, he stop, he's going and he stops and he waves at us during the race. Everybody went right by him and then he just went back to, back to his stroke. And we're like, what the? <laughs> so that's, I'll never forget that. My wife and I, well, I crack up about that one. You know, everybody's supposed to be so intense that he's waving at, at us as he goes by. That's funny. So, I'm still thinking about Matt in a Speedo right now. I'm trying to figure out that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's great. Um, I have another question for you. Um, you know, I know you grew up with a larger family, uh, youngest of nine. How was yeah. the relationship with you and your dad? Mine was pretty good. You know, he, he, came, from, uh, he came from Lithuania. And he uh, spoke with a broken English, and he was... You know, very quiet guy uh, and uh, very unassuming. And, you know, he didn't know all that much about sports, uh, just that, you know, all us kids, my brothers and everybody, we played. And, and he would go, uh, whether he understood what was going on, I don't know. But he was uh, he was a good man. He, you know, he, he worked for Pullman Standard, you know, the old manufacturer of railroad cars. And okay. He would put electric. He was an electrician. And... Uh, so a lot of times to make extra money, he would do side jobs. I remember he'd come home a couple times plastered, you know, just for him, you know, it was, it was kind of funny, you know, but he was a little under the weather. My mother's yelling at him and everything else. And, you know, where's, where's the money, you know, and he said, you know, he drank, they gave him drinks instead of the money. And he, you know, that was it. He did the job for that. He did it for so, a 12-pack. And he, and I'll never forget, he never, if he went on a side job and the guy or family or, you know, the friend who he did it for, if they ever called back and claimed something, I mean, he would always go back, you know, never did a shit job for somebody and then left. Uh, I remember that about him. He would always go back no matter what time, whatever. So I kind of maybe learned, uh, you know, some things from him about that. Uh, although, you know, we certainly weren't a modern family with the hugs and all that business. I mean, we were lucky to get a pat on the back. It was just mm -hmm. not done back then. And sometimes that's hard to, uh, hard to accept nowadays. And the kids nowadays are, you know, with the hugging and the fist bump. <laughs> we, we never had any of that. We never had any of that. So, but... All in all, it was, you know, and we didn't, we had, uh, like you said, it was nine of us, but really I, two of them. I never lived with my two sisters, or my three sisters. I never lived with them. So we had, you know, six of us in a 600 square foot house. Uh, that's wow. what our house, uh, we measured it. It's still there in Chicago. And a lot of times I'll go by there and check out the place and, it's kind of had, took its toll, but I can't believe how we lived in such a small house like that. Wow. And uh, we seem to make it. So now it's like everybody's got to have their own wing of the house, you know, <laughs> for, for whatever. But, 
yeah, things were different, and I don't know if I'd change any of it. It was, well, that's it great. was great. Well, it sounds yeah. like your dad definitely, you know, instilled a lot of work ethic, uh, yeah. dedication yeah. for sure. Yeah. Willie, question for you. Obviously, in your 30 years of coaching, that's a long time. We're talking like my dad's, you know, when he played or when, when Matt and Danny played. And mm-hmm. Obviously, you've seen a lot of evolution to the game and to how kids act, how they're, you know, maybe they take things for granted now, just how the world has changed. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you like and dislike about from maybe when you started coaching to when or to presently? Well, that's a great question. You know, back in the day, the mentality was, you know, the players just do what the coaches tell you to do and don't think twice about what they're doing. They just, you say to do it and they don't question it and they do it. Of course, over the years, that's, that's changed tremendously. You know, that now they need to know, you know, why they're doing it, how to do it, what's the purpose of it, what's the long-term, you know, goal, goal of it, and then... <laughs> They'll go out there and do it. It's changed a lot. And uh, in my 30 years, my observation is that, you know, kids kind of go through cycles. You know, every five or six years, the, their motivations change. It's, it's a different type of kid you're coaching than you did five or six years previously, whether it's society, technology, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, good coaches have to adapt to those changes and, and find different ways to reach kids. But they're certainly different now than they were back even when Matt was playing. I mean, back then they were pleasers, and you tell them to do it, and they did it. And like I said a minute ago, it's not like that anymore. Not, much, is, not, know, many, okay. not many coaches are great grabbing any face masks like they used to do at practice. Remember all that? <laughs> yeah, I did. That, that, that motivation uh, technique has been long gone. Willie, what, what, what is your – I don't know if any of the kids are watching. What, what's your biggest gripe about today's high school kid, athlete? I mean, it's fixing to happen. It's going to change dramatically with this NIL coming yeah. down to high schools yeah, yeah. and sure. uh, and the mentality of the portal. You know, they always have options. Back then, you didn't have an option. You know, things didn't go well. You worked harder. If if you had to compensate for something, you worked harder. Now, they have options. You know, if, if it's not going well, well, I'll just go over here. If this is not going the way I want it, or this is this school's too pick a narrative then we'll just go someplace else. And this NIL thing is trickling down to uh, to high schools now. And it's, it's just, if they don't get a handle on it, it's I think it's going to prevent challenges that we, we, we might not be able to come. Did you hear that Peyton Manning's son mm-hmm. got $6 million to go to Tennessee? I did not hear that, but I'm not surprised. And that center from Illinois... He got a million dollars. I mean, now I'm talking, he, he was a college player. Okay. But Peyton Manning's kid, you get mm-hmm. six million. That's how you start off your education at, right. <laughs> at Tennessee. Where do you go from there, Dick? I, Where do you go? I'm What's telling you, I, 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 I thought, well, maybe that was, maybe, oh, maybe that's good. You know, uh, maybe college players, they're really, you know, they don't get anything or whatever, except when you go to certain schools and you get it under the table or whatever. But but now, I, I just heard this yesterday, that school that I'm very prominent, you know, that I know a, a lot about, have a group of people and whatever it is, all of a sudden they get the envelope. Yeah. I mean, before, I mean, 
you know, they used to think, well, you know, oh, where did you get to go to Illinois and everything else? You know what I got? I got my laundry, my laundry done. Laundry money, yeah, back in the day. Yeah, and I used to sneak my my buddy's stuff in there, so he's got my <laughs> so he's got socks, he's got socks too. Underwear and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, small. But- well, I know when uh, and when the NIL first started, I talked to my dad about it, and he was definitely talking about the haves and the have-nots. I mean, the big programs versus the ones that can't compete nationally. I mean, given all the new rules and regulations or lack of for the NIL, I'd like to get both your opinion on kind of something that just hit the newsstand in the last two days. Coach Ryan Day from Ohio State, for the first time in NIL history, has come out publicly and told the boosters that he needs $13 million just to keep his roster alive, basically. They didn't use the word payroll, but they certainly insinuated it. Is it just the have and the have-nots, and are the top 25 teams going to get the majority of the athletic talent coming out of high school? What do you think about that? Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really not all that familiar with the high school scene, but I would imagine College as I, well. I could just go by what, Manning's kid is getting at Tennessee. That's wild. I mean, there's certain programs that they have un- unlimited funds, mm-hmm. uh, don't they? Like A&M and different people like that. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess you could probably round up a bunch of people with money from every university. But to me, it just seems like, you know, the haves are going to, are going to have it. <laughs> they got the dough. Oh, absolutely. I think so. You know, and, you know, that was something I always was wondering also about going to a program. Like, it seems like with our award, the, the Butkus Award, I mean, it's almost every year we're in, I mean, they're they're waving me uh, at us and Matt at, at the Birmingham airport. I mean, so we're always at the at University of Alabama for, mm-hmm. you know, for linebackers. It's, yeah. a, it's unbelievable. And, you know, when I went to Illinois, I'm not – saying anything i'm just saying my attitude was hey i'm gonna go to a crappy team that they're 0 and 15 we're gonna turn this thing around and we'll get more out of it probably you know with it for ourselves that hey we turn the program around rather than going to you know keep on going to alabama and i i know i'm gonna be in the finals and i might not even be playing so can't get any better on the bench but you'll be on tv right (laughs) yeah all they care about. Well, I don't. I don't say all they care about, but they. We've we've had some personal things that uh, that we've heard that they just go to where the press is and where the Dick. To your point of what you're saying about changing the culture of an 0 15 team, I mean, look at the landscape of professional sports right now. I mean, in pro basketball, the guys only go where they can go win a championship. You know, they're going to sign a contract. You know, Durant and Super Kyrie Irving and and James Harden, they're going to go where they can win. They can put a you know all-star team together and yeah. win. Forget about what's going on in the Portland or all those other smaller markets exactly. where you know there's no money. They don't incentivize. It's New York. It's L.A., Boston. Those cities try to collect the best talent they can, and they're not trying to yeah. work for it. Well, you, I mean, it's just it's deal with basketball too. It just seems like it's monopoly money. Whatever it takes, that's it. I mean. It, I know in the older days with football, you know, it wasn't that way. The Bears, you know, were very tight. and Cincinnati was a tight team and everything else. And maybe that reflected on their records. But now with this TV deal and the gaming, uh-huh. uh, I mean, the NFL is, it's like they're, uh, what do you call that? Uh, they need to, that budget they are on or whatever. 
They can only spend so much. It's going up by millions. It's, you know, 300 million. It's going to be 400 million. They're going to make a billion dollars off of this gaming deal. Oh, the NFL. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, all right. Oh, it's 30 million. Aaron Rodgers, let's see, gets 50 million a year for three years. But if he only plays two, let's give him 62 million, 750,000. And it's like, really? The announcers even, you know, on TV, like it's like Monopoly. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's we called? Hey, guess what? Joe Schmo here. I don't know who he is, but he just signed for 30 million. Oh, that's cool. You know, and it's guaranteed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this guy going like Deshaun. I mean, what is with that? <laughs> Where's oh yeah, that was out of left field. Is it more of a? Do you think it's more of an attitude change or a cultural change? Or I mean, through sports, how do you see that? Well, I, I see it as the dollar sign. Dollar uh, sign. Yep. And everybody is. I've had parents not too long ago when I'm talking to the uh, to their kids or whatever. Uh, you know, you're oh, you're going to be a football and. and and the parent will say, no, 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 he's going to be a golfer. He can make more money. Well, that's changing now, I think. <laughs> Everybody's going to want to play football because the money's getting outrageous. Not to say... Yeah, if you don't want to go to OTAs, you don't have to go to OTAs. Yeah. <laughs> basketball is... Oh, God. Yeah. It all seems back, if thinking back, is when maybe free agency back in those days, it's like, like Willie, you were saying, when your coach told you what to do and how to do it, you know, you would do it. And you wouldn't talk back to anybody. But then as things evolve, when the players are making more than the coach. It's easier <laughs> right, to get rid right. of the it's coach. It's like, oh, who are you going to get rid of? You know, they can. Well, have- you know, that was when the collective bargaining agreement, they made the thing about free agency. And soon as that, where you were allowed to go somewhere else, they just skyrocketed. All the years with the Bears, I mean, a couple of years there, I'd like to leave too, but we couldn't. There's no way you can leave. Right. Once a team, you sign with team, you're it. That's it. But it was free agency. And then you could you look back when that changed, people were able to move from team to team. That's when the salaries went up. Right. You know, a lot of players, a lot of people have different attitudes. You know, do you want to be a guy that just stayed with one team the whole time? Or you're a guy that just chases championships. I mean, maybe basketball is a little easier to get those guys together. But for football, you know, it's a, dice roll that's trying to figure out which team is going to go so i'm going to go there yeah everybody can't go to the bears yeah (laughs) i mean look what matthew stafford did last year with the rams i mean he goes from detroit which is not a great winning situation (laughs) and goes and wins it all with the rams so now as a high school coach and having a look at the pros how come detroit is such a crappy team what's the answer there if we could, if we could figure that out, <laughs> I, I think. Well, if we could figure that out, we'd be know, making a lot of money in Detroit. Yeah, you know, and I, and that's the that's the funny thing. Detroit does is not bashful about paying people. Yeah, like, they pay people, and I guess they have to because of, of playing there. But you know, that's an, a, a woman owner, just mm-hmm. like McCaskey, uh, Virginia, a woman owner. I don't. I'm not saying it's because of that reason, but why? Why the teams like Detroit? I was going to say Cincinnati, but they finally they turned it their, over uh, the hump. Yeah. Bit. Why? Why do these teams stay down so long? That's a great question. I mean, I think Ownership. sometimes yeah. sometimes they keep, look for a quick fix and they keep on rotating through the coaches instead of giving them the opportunity to establish a culture and an organization. And sometimes it's just the disconnect between the coaches and the GMs. If they if they're not on the same page and they work against each other, 
you're never going to move forward. You know, that's why I saw uh, my good friend uh, that came up with Marty Schottenheimer, and that was why he left uh, mm-hmm. San Diego. He got fired after a 14 and two year season. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and I remember he, that. and I guess that DA, whoever, DA Smith or whoever was the general manager. I mean, they wouldn't even look at each other. They wouldn't look at their office door. I mean, it was yeah. not too cool. And you know, if, if if they're like that, then how about the players and the coaches and the players in the in the GM and just the whole atmosphere of the place? It's fun. <laughs> I know. Everybody's looking at their look, looking behind them to see who's going to try to stab them in the back. There you go. Yep. Everybody's got to be going forward. Well, it was a bad deal for Marty. I remember. What are you doing for Father's Day? I don't know. I haven't been told yet. <laughs> come well, up, come up to Dallas. Yeah, you know, yeah. Probably he might so. be coming out to Malibu. I mean, you're three times seven. We can, yeah, we can hang out. I'm, I'm going to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so. Three times seven. Yeah, I'm twenty-one. There you go. Willie, got a question for you. I know. Yes, sir. What do you like to do outside of coaching and stuff like that? Do you like to hunt, fish, cook, read? What do you like to do? Well, I used to play golf. Uh, what happened there? Where'd all the balls go? <laughs> yeah, in the woods, you know, I don't know. It, 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 you know what happened? It got too expensive when the kids were young to keep doing it, so I just couldn't justify going out to the course when the kids were young. And spending that kind of money playing golf, then I got, just got disinterested in it. Uh, what I do probably is hang out in the garage and, and build and work with what build furniture and tables and such, chairs, benches. Oh yeah, tell them about, about, about your company. Tell them about your company. Yeah, well, uh, I retired last June from uh, the public school system, and I thought I was going to take my hobby and, and make it my profession. I learned very quickly when your hobby becomes your profession, it's not as much fun as when it's your hobby. I got a. We worked on a putting a company together called tables of grace where you, you uh, there's some places in texas where you can you know you build up you build stuff and you take it out to these huge flea markets and that you sell you wares there but so i made a couple tables and did some things and kind of decompressed from public school system then i got a call about a job in a private school and went and talked to them about it and things worked out well and so that's what i'm doing now coaching well, football at a, yeah, a lutheran cool. high school yeah. hmm. It, it's a good place for me, but that's what I like to do, Matt. I mean, I work with wood. I don't fish, don't have the patience to don't hunt. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Going back to Mr. Budkus, also that's kind of back to you as well. What's something that you like to do that not many people know? Oh, I, uh, I, I used to like to fish when we were living in Florida, but uh, not since we came out here in California. Uh, what do I like to do? I, I I don't know. I, I guess as silly as it sounds, I'm probably just tending to my little garden that wow. I have. I kind of grow. Well, I grow mostly vegetables. Um, nice. Tomatoes, kale, peppers. Because of my neuropathy and, and the way my the property is here, it's kind of like on a hillside. Like and I can't maneuver very well anymore. So I, I got planters, you know, around the sure. deck here. I can walk out from the kitchen and grab a couple of tomatoes or go out there and grab some lettuce or sure. kale. Kind of like yeah, that. We, we had it's a, gar- a we had a garden growing there. up, didn't we dad? Yeah. Out in the back. We had peppers. Yeah. Yeah. Any rodents get in there? Uh, we had a, we had a little family of, of raccoons. We used to come visit. <laughs> we used to feed them bread. And one time they like gave Danny a little, a little right hook. And then that was over from there. We, 
I've been catching a damn uh, sight of a skunk around here. Oh, really? I've caught, I, I had a, like a little koi pond and then I had one night I'm looking out there and I hear like six of these things are shining at me. And there's a whole family of raccoons eating my koi. Oh. So that was the end of that. So Get out there. I don't just see it dropping and I go to my, throw some garbage out and uh, there's a skunk across the street. So yes. keep your I distance from that guy. I gotta catch him. You have to so, use all those tomatoes. You know, it's weird here in California. You, you know, my wife, when she used to come home late after bingo, she'd say, Oh, I saw that coyote again. And I saw the deer and everything. And then I used to say, yeah, you probably saw that elephant there too. I just, I saw him. <laughs> and the giraffe. So, yeah, I did see him. I did see him. I saw him. You know? And uh, even Matt took a couple of shots of deer. So you'd think in Malibu, right off the PCH here, you wouldn't find animals, but you know, they found bears, everything around here. Wow. It's it's kind of unusual and kind of weird. But so a skunk to me, it's it's normal out it's here. It's normal up here. As long as you don't squirt anything, you're all right. Awesome. So is there anything you guys want to talk about? Is there anything else you want to bring up? Any conversa- conversation? Well, I mean, if you're not going to be with your dad, what, like, what, what, what can we expect in the mail? I, I'm going to, I'm going to write a very heartfelt note for Father's Day. I'll be spending it in Dallas with my son. I do know that. Dad, you're more than welcome to come up as well. <laughs> but yeah, well, no, no, dad. that's my plan. Well, wait a minute, I forgot about that. Yeah. We're forgetting that yeah, my Matt's son, a dad. My son's birthday is two days after Father's Day, yeah. so that's really good. It's kind of like a weekend we get to spend together. So I'm looking forward to it. We may go go-kart racing, uh, maybe top golf. I don't know, something interactive, something fun. Well, I got a, one uh, more question. Okay. What is a trait or two that you learn from your dad that you share with your son? Oh, that's a great question. I know. <laughs> you know, a lot of it's work ethic. My dad was really good about getting us on not that we were a military family because we weren't but we still were up early they did call our garage the dungeon it was, it was for good reason it were the houston sweat box because we were getting it done in there for a little bit in houston it's tough houston it's hot but he just kind of instilled a lot of that that i try and talk to my son about as far as you know not giving up doing things the right way and uh being prepared so top probably top three there you have it cool guys all right well, thanks go make me. some absolutely go make the it. wooden table appreciate it, it was fun absolutely. you know thanks a lot happy father's day we love you guys and thanks for coming on awesome happy father's day guys all right you too all right thanks, thanks. all right bye okay. thank you to our dads for joining us in the show today thank you to my co-host matt budkiss follow us on our social media listed in the show description and the budkissaward.com for updates on this podcast if you're interested in purchasing 51 merchandise, please go to dickbutkus.com. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm Matt Amendola, and we'll catch you on the next one. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. 
They work with clients in nearly every industry. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Buckus Award and Buckus Foundation websites, and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1.